happiness is about, again, meaning and purpose, being physically healthy, taking care of your mind, always learning and growing, focusing on your relationships and having a healthy relationship with your emotions. And what's great is that people can increase their well-being and happiness. Pleasure spikes are, are part of that, but a lot of people chase more pleasure thinking it's happiness and that's not sustainable. Welcome to Pivot Me, where we give business tips and mental hacks so you can move past your biggest obstacles and live the life you've earned. And now your host, business advisor and performance expert, April Garcia. For years, I made large companies larger and rich people richer. Now I coach driven entrepreneurs to hack success, create more time and get better results through high performance habits, the multiply me method, and a little mental gymnastics. On Pivot Me, I talk to thought leaders and experts sharing our successes, our many scrubs, and how we can all use both to move us to the next level. Join us and learn real simple steps to pivot you and your business towards the life you've earned. Have you ever wanted to be happier? Have more joy in your day? Wanted to bring more happiness to your team and your family? Of course, who doesn't want to be happier, right? So it's just a matter of figuring out how, and we have literally brought the happiness expert on to talk with you about it. Tia Graham is the founder of Arrive at Happy and has worked with dozens of global companies to elevate engagement and drive bottom line results. She has several certifications in neuroscience, positive psychology, leadership. Tia knows how to be happy and how to help others in your company be happy. We are catching her on the heels of her new book, Be a Happy Leader, Stop the Overwhelm, Thrive Personally, and Achieve Killer Business Results. She's going to explain why this work is imperative, especially now, and she'll explain the difference between pleasure and happiness, which many of us are falling into pleasure, not happiness. She's also going to give us four things to do today to be happier. Let's get into it. Welcome to Pivot Me today, Tia. Thanks. I'm delighted to be with you. Truth be told, Pivoters, Tia and I have spent a lot of time off air talking about amazing things, all the amazing things that Tia is up to and our striking similarities. So we've been chatting for a while. So we've got to get right into this because we want to capture all the things that we were just talking about. So thank you, Tia, for joining us today and sharing your insight. And let's talk about your new book as well. Awesome. Let's do it. Let's get into it. So Tia, let's start with this. So you talk a lot about happiness. This is kind of at the heart of what you're talking about. Yeah. Tell us why it matters so much. Like tell us why that this is paramount to the work that you're doing. Yes. So my company's called Arrive at Happy. My books, Be a Happy Leader. Everything I do is rooted in happiness. And the reason why this is so paramount is happiness and well-being connects to everything. All of the content that I include is research-based. So I have studied the science of happiness. I study adult neuroscience. I study employee happiness and morale. And the research is so strong that when you are happy and well, you are more productive. You will sell more. You're more engaged. You will live longer. You'll have better personal relationships. You are more creative and innovative. Your brain operates differently when you're happy. You parent differently. Your customers, I could go on and on. There's so many personal and business benefits 
to happiness and well-being. There's also a lot of myths and misconceptions, but this has been a core of who I am forever. And I say the happiness imperative, it's vital. Yeah. So it's interesting because I think a lot of us just think of happiness as something that benefits us. Like, well, it's nice to be happy. You feel good when you're happy, but we don't necessarily connect all those other things that then get buoyed by us being happy as well. Yeah. So there are so many different emotions, right? So when people think happy, they actually might be thinking happiness isn't actually an emotion. They might be thinking of joy or when they're in love or when they're relaxed and it all feels good, but having a happy, fulfilled, purposeful life is much more than just pleasure booster or feeling joyful, right? A happy life is also about how you have a positive relationship with stress and how you have mindset, et cetera. There's so many different parts of it. That huge part of what I do when I'm working with leaders and working with entrepreneurs is change their perspective and their belief of happiness. Okay. So you also mentioned pleasure. And in a second, I want to talk about the difference between happiness and pleasure, but let's just go right to it. What are we doing wrong? What are either us as leaders, as business owners, or even people, how are we approaching this wrong with happiness? Because there's a lot of unhappy people out there. There are so many unhappy people. Yes. And teenagers and yes, the world needs way, way, way more happiness. So the first is realizing that Yes, your genetic history plays a part on how happy you are. And yes, your life circumstances, what's going on in your life plays a part to how happy you are. But a large majority of how happy you are is based on your daily choices. We make thousands of choices every single day, micro choices and big choices. And there are some that increase our happiness and then some that do the opposite. And what the science of happiness has proven is that there are so many choices you can make every single day that increase your happiness and then increase your success, whether it's marriage, parenting, business, whatever the goals that you have. And so the professor I studied with taught positive psychology at Harvard University, and he broke it down into this model of you have spiritual well-being, you have your physical well-being, mind and body, your intellectual well-being, your relationships, relational well-being, and then emotional well-being. By focusing on any of these areas, you can increase your happiness and be more successful. So, but the biggest hurdle I think, and I just did a talk this morning, and everybody thinks that genetics and life circumstances, like that's what makes you happy. It's like, no, you have so much control. You really have so much control. And although it takes effort and intention, you can make big difference. And adult neuroscience also, that's a whole other piece of, you can change your brain. So if someone's listening right now and they're like, well, I'd like to be happy. Can you give us two or three things that they could do right now that are pretty easy to execute on that would make them more happier? Yeah, I have about 70, but let me give you two or okay. three. <laughs> I'm going to use the big levers. I'll give you the three. Like if I was like, if you're only going to do three, here's your prescription. So the first is increase the amount of time that you're spending with friends and family. So the number one predictor of happiness is human connection, spending time with people that you care about who care about you. Now, no wonder the pandemic's been so hard. So this might have to be over FaceTime, like my sisters and I do three-way FaceTime because they don't live where I live, or it's in person doing a date night with your husband or whatever. That's the number one. There's multi-decade studies, like the number one indicator of well-being and happiness is connected relationships. So that's number one. The second, I would say this is a bit, I'm giving a bit of a trick, but it's meds, meditation, exercise, diet, and sleep. If you're sleep deprived, if you're not eating healthy food, if you're not meditating, and if you're not exercising, it's going to be impossibly happy because everything you do with your body affects your mind. And I would say the third piece is if someone say not heavy, I would say 
do some reflection and get really clear on what gives your life meaning and purpose. And that might be helping other people, helping animals, helping the earth, whatever you want to do. We were talking about this amazing work you do is increase the amount of purposeful, meaningful activities in your life. Oh, that's good. Purposeful, meaningful activities. And that's going to be different for every person. First, you have to know what it is, and then you've got to prioritize it. Those things that matter most often aren't the things that bark the loudest. Like we have to quiet all the other things, trying to get our attention to go, yeah, but what matters most? How do we keep first things first? If someone doesn't know what that is, is it just reflection to tap into what that is for that individual? Such a great question. You might with meditation or prayer, journaling, talking to a friend, you might be able to do it on your own. For someone else, they might need to work with a therapist or work with a coach, a life coach or business coach, or there are lots of different types of professionals out there that could help. But I would say, yeah, definitely first try it on your own. And the research shows that you only need an hour of really meaningful, purposeful activity in your week. And it creates a halo effect for the rest of the week. So it's not like we all need to live like Mother Teresa, so purposeful, doesn't have to be every second of every day, but you want to have meaningful, purposeful activities. And for some people, your work could give you parenting, but it's connecting to what gives meaning and purpose and how can I do more of that? Ooh, that's good. That's good. I love this. And I love knowing that it's one hour a week. So it's not like, well, how am I going to fit this into my schedule? It's one hour a week and creates this halo of your week. That's amazing. See, I want to go back to something that you said. I love number one was this connection with other people, connected time together. I really want to tease that out because that's different than time spent together because we're not always doing it right. I think you know where I'm going with this. Oh my gosh. I just got goose. Yes. Such a good question. So because of these, I'm holding up my phone. Yes. Weapons of mass distraction as Brendan calls them. Exactly. Exactly. So we are distracted every, I think 40 seconds. So connected time is you are present. You are focused. You're intentional. You're listening. You're sharing. Eyeball to eyeball. Right. And so, you know, I have a rule, like no phones at dinner. We have family dinner every single night. I will go hiking with my mom. I leave my phone. I don't want to be checking my email when I'm hiking with my mom once a week. So it doesn't have to be long, but it's truly about time where we connect as people. And that is unfortunately sometimes gets pushed to the back burner, especially when you're a high achiever and work fills every crevice of your life, but it's really, really crucial. It's huge. And one thing I'll add to that, Tia, is that, so when I talk about productivity and time management, one of the biggest things we've got to battle is distraction. And a lot of people will say, well, yeah, but I just have to check if that email came in and it took me 10 seconds. It did not take me 10 seconds. The mental real estate those distractions take up is huge. You're thinking about, oh, I just heard the ding. Who was it that sent me the message? Could it be Steve? Could it be Sarah? And then you go and pick it up. And then even when you put your phone back down, and then you're supposed to go back to listening to your partner or your kid, you're still problem solving whatever you just read. You're thinking the steps through. You're not engaged and they know it too. So they know when you're there and when you're not there. This is a huge problem. I also see parents getting mad at their teenagers for always being on their phones and being distracted. I'm like, wait a second, we're doing it to them too. They're watching us do it. Of course they're doing it too. Right. The example. Yes, yes. And of course, 
It's extreme. Like what we're talking about right now, this is not easy. I tell people don't have phones in the bedroom, sleep with them in a different room, in the kitchen or whatever, and be very intentional. I know Jenna Kucher, for example, her and her husband, they lock their phones because it is really, really addictive. And so that present time where you can, and the word that's coming up for me that I want to share also is knowing when, whether it's a friend, whether it's a sibling, whether it's your spouse, your kid, The idea is, is that you continuously get to know people more and they get to know you more and it never ends. I've been with my husband 14 years. I feel like I know him. He's continuously changing. So you keep getting to know there's just so many benefits to your well-being. Yeah. I love this. I love these three ways to be happier. And I appreciate that you took three out of your list of 70. Tia, let me ask you this. So if someone is a leader of their organization or or even just a community leader or family, what do they need to know about happiness, either for themselves or for the people that they're leading? Mm -hmm. Thank you for asking this. I'm so passionate about leadership because of the impact. So the first is it needs to start with you. That's actually step one of my methodology is You can't expect whether it's you're a leader in your family, in your community, in your church, in your business, that it needs to start with you. So of all, you know, the different practices and intentions of having yourself be well, and then know that emotions are contagious, very contagious, whether it's over Zoom or Microsoft Teams in person, over email, over the phone, your energy is contagious. They can feel it whether you like it or not. And so You want to be more positive than negative, and you want to be someone that lifts them up and inspires them versus the opposite. And when I went over to Denmark and I got certified as a chief happiness officer for happiness at work, what I learned over there, because the Danes are significantly happier while working than people in North America, 49% of people in Denmark say they're really happy when they're working. It's like 12% in the US. So It was like, okay, what are the Danish companies doing? I will say they work 37 hours a week. It's very high tax. Healthcare is free. University is free. It's definitely the the country is structured differently. But we met with several CEOs and the way they run their company, there's a few key things. So autonomy is huge. People want to feel like they're empowered and have trust. And whenever executives want to make decisions about the company, instead of like having an EC meeting and come, they go to the front line. They go to the place and say, we're thinking of this. What do you think? So there's this respect. It doesn't matter what level you're on. It's not like this old sort of hierarchy, I'll say. And another piece is belonging, friendships at work and caring. Everyone's talking about great resignation. People have even a higher expectation, which is fantastic on how they want to be treated and what they want the culture of their work to be. People aren't settling anymore, especially younger generation. And so how you treat people and how you make them feel really matters. Sure. And culture. I love that you said culture because a lot of people think that people are simply motivated by money. Money's actually a terrible long-term motivator. Only 3% of speakers, podcasters, and authors make enough money to do it as a full-time career. 3%. Man, that's bad. I came from the big business world, and if I wanted to scale my speaking career and release courses, I knew I needed more than just case studies and metrics. I actually needed a personal brand. Brand Builders Group is a personal brand strategy firm for thought leaders, experts, and entrepreneurs, and they work with some of the biggest names. They help clarify your message, expand reach, and increase revenue while monetizing your personal brand. I still do their monthly consulting package, but I've also done their workshops, webinars. They're all great. 
Don't be part of the 97% who can't afford to do the work they love full time. Connect with the same team I hired to help me. Check them out at pivot-me.com backslash partners and get on their schedule for a free call. When you said earlier, you talked about pleasure. So talk to us about the difference between pleasure and happiness. Yes. And hey, I love pleasure too. So pleasure, there's certain activities. For example, if you're sitting on a beach in Tulum and you've got a margarita and you're sitting there, so pleasurable, so much fun. And pleasure could also be, we were talking about this Friday night, you, you and your, you know, you've had a crazy week and you're watching a great movie with a glass of wine. That's very pleasurable. Happiness to me, and in terms of a happy life and also being a happy leader is every single facet of your life. It's your Monday mornings. It's your Thursday afternoons. Happiness is about, again, meaning and purpose, being physically healthy, taking care of your mind, always learning and growing, focusing on your relationships and having a healthy relationship with your emotions. And what's great is that people can increase their well-being and happiness. Pleasure spikes are, are part of that, but a lot of people chase more pleasure thinking it's happiness and that's not sustainable. Oh, that's good. That's good. I think a lot of people do that. We've seen it, right? They're chasing pleasure. Like I think of Vegas. I think of Las Vegas, like pleasure. (laughs) Vegas does not make you happy. (laughs) It might bring you pleasure, but it's temporary. It's not going to make you happy. That's so good because I do think so many of us are chasing pleasure or this pleasurable moment, like you were saying, where it's like, all right, it's in a rough day. So I'm getting a glass of wine. I'm sitting down and doing X, Y, Z. That might be a moment of pleasure. Does that make you happy the next day or the following day? Probably not. So it kind of sounds like it's work to be happy, Tia. It is. It is. And yeah, just like to be successful at business or to be to have a strong immune system, it takes consistent daily effort choices. And when you get knocked down as a parent, as a business person, when all of a sudden you're in a pandemic, I mean, there's, there's life is challenging. So it's a continuous focus. I tell people, I want to live to be 94. I want to meet my grandkids in order to be 94. That takes a lot of effort. So happiness is the same. For sure. For sure. I remember reading a story about, I haven't fact-checked this, but the story about how when polled, people said the thing that they thought would make them the most happy is winning the lottery. Now, if you've studied that, you know that winning the lottery doesn't make people happy for long. And that the thing that they thought would make them the least happy, that would just totally suck the happiness out of their life, is if they had this traumatic accident and became a paraplegic. And then what they did is they went and studied people that won the lottery and studied people Oh, it's amazing. And then they studied people who became paraplegic, had some kind of traumatic accident. And what did they find? Not initially, but about two, three years later, they'd returned to the same level of happiness, regardless of whether they were in a wheelchair or whether they'd won a hundred million dollars, they'd returned to the same level of happiness. In fact, running the lottery often can bring you a lot of pain and misery in your life. Can bring you, yeah, and a lot of trouble. You're making me think of Dr. Martin Seligman, who's kind of the father of positive psychology. He proved this phenomenon called the hedonic treadmill. So for example, if someone is like, yeah, I got a big bonus, I'm going to get a new car. They get the new car and they're like, this car is going to make me so happy. It will for about three or four months. And yeah. then you go back to your resting level of happiness. So- yeah, I know we were talking about travel. It's like do experiences more than material possessions. 100%. So if you're listening right now, Pivoter, and you're like, I think that my happiness is connected to this thing, 
here right now that that will bring you some joy for a temporary period of time. Oftentimes when we're pursuing things, as C.S. Lewis put it, it's in the wanting, not in the having. So it's like we're actively pursuing it, but we're chasing the horizon. We never get there. So it doesn't really make us happy to be truly happy. You've got to do this work that Tia is talking about, that she talks about in her book that she's talking about today. That's the thing that brings you happiness. The car doesn't do it. The house, eventually it just becomes a house and the car eventually just becomes the thing that takes you to work. So many people want Teslas right now. I work with a lot of people that have Teslas and I'm like, how's the Tesla? My husband has a Tesla. I know. It's like the thing. I think it's like the the Corvette of the nineties. Is that what it is? Totally. Okay. All right. It's the new Corvette. Although Tesla, I will say there's some purpose in meeting. I think my husband feels like he's helping the earth a little you know, with the electrics. I get that. So you got to check back in after like six months and you're like, does that Tesla still bring you as much joy? And it could, if you had to practice around re-anchoring to that, but for the most part, it just becomes a thing that you have. So Tia, let me ask you this. This is something a lot of people talk about. Does money buy us happiness? Now I will say when I teach happiness, I'm assuming, and the, with the audiences I work with and clients I work with, that the human needs are being met. You know, you think of Maslow's hierarchy of needs as well. Obviously, if someone's struggling to get food on the table or isn't sure if they're going to pay rent, they're not worrying about happiness. They're worrying about taking care of their family and their needs, right? So to be able to focus on your own happiness means you are doing well. So money, it's, the research shows that wealthy people are happier than unwealthy people, but the amount is a lot less than people think. It's not like they're 150% happier. They're happier, but the margin is smaller than you think. And we were talking about this earlier is what you do with your money. And you were talking about giving it away, giving and generosity are directly connected to happiness. Say that again. That's so important. Giving and generosity are directly connected to happiness. So when you want more happiness in your life, there's one of the secrets right there. Yeah. You can give it with your time. You can give it with your money. You can, exactly. There's so many ways. I mean, the Dalai Lama says the reason why so many people are unhappy is because they focus on themselves. I love the Dalai Lama. Turn and focus on other people. Stop thinking about yourself all the time. Yeah. The, his book, The Art of Happiness was freaking phenomenal. Yeah. And the last thing I'll say about money is money affords time affluence. Time affluence where... You know, if someone's working two or three jobs, barely sleeping, like it's going to be very difficult to be happy. But so we were talking about skiing with our kids. That's time affluence. Explain to us what time affluence is like define that for us. So time affluence is you are wealthy with time. The 40 hour work week has been, everyone's been talking about this. I think it started in like, I don't know, the twenties or maybe even before, you know, this Monday through Friday, not like it's like so old and archaic, like thank goodness it's changing. So I'm a big fan of this man, Alan Weiss. He's a consultant and he's always like, the more time you have, the more wealthy you are. That's it. So if you want to take a two month vacation and go help kids in India, or if you want to be at every single one of your kids sporting events and you're a working professional and you're, that's time affluence. So if you think about your week, your months, your years, and you have time to pursue your passions, have a purposeful life. And not feel like, and this is where your expertise is, that you're a slave to the clock in your email. Yes. 
Because when you're a slave, you are not happy. Like you feel that pressure. And so, okay, you had the list of 70. I made you pick three. Yeah, just give us a couple more. So if there's a business owner right now that's listening, that has just had their head down and their helmet on, just really focused on scaling their business and doing their best to show up for their team and their family. But they're like, I've been focused on performance or just keeping the doors open in the business, especially in the last two years, the climate we've been in. What can they do right now to increase their level of happiness or even increase the level of happiness for those around them. Yeah. So I'll give a few out of the 70 and then we'll have have to do this again. So I would say get out in nature. If you can increase, even if it's half an hour a week, definitely get out in nature. A lot of people talk about this, but it's really important. There's a reason why there's so much research is start a gratitude practice three days a week, write down what you're grateful for. You know, with my kids, I ask my kids, What were you grateful for today? As a family, we have a gratitude practice. And another one I will say is spend time. Like I said, the hour of purposeful, meaningful activity, and this could be the same or or different, but think about how you want to learn and grow this year. You might want to learn Spanish. You might want to learn guitar. You might want to learn how to write a book. So know that when you're learning, especially when you're learning something that you're really passionate about, you're going to be happier. You will be happier. You're going to operate differently in your business. And I'll say one more is add more white space into your life. We have meetings, phone calls, this, and in your calendar, on your weekends and be intentional, put in more white space. You'll be more creative. You'll have insights. You'll be able to breathe a little deeper. So add white space in 2022. That is so good. Okay. We have our one closing question before I ask that we're going to put the links in the show notes, but where's the best place for people to connect with you, Tia? So my website is arrive at happy.com and I'm really active on LinkedIn, Tia Graham, and then also on Instagram, arrive at happy and the book, be a happy leader. Everything's on arrive at happy.com. Perfect. And we'll put it on the show notes. Closing question. If you could tell the world one thing, what would it be? Choose happiness. Focus on your well-being and lift everyone up around you. Thank you, Tia, so much for joining us today on Pivot Me. Thank you. See you soon. Well, I'm pretty much just happier having listened to that. That was a great conversation with Tia. Let's recap on some of the key points of that interview. So three ways to be happier overall. So one of them was, I think she called it meds, meditation, exercise, diet, and sleep. Now, What I would add to that is for me, I find that those are not all weighted equally in my book. For me personally, I get out, exercise and sleep are huge. Those are weighted very heavily in that list. So those are musts for me. I'd ask you, what's your non-negotiable in that list? Maybe it's all four, but maybe there's one that you're like, oh, if I don't get enough sleep, man, I'm not going to be happy. So know what matters most for you and your body and optimize that. The second one was doing meaningful or purposeful work during the week. Now, that doesn't mean that every single day we're volunteering hours. It can just simply be one hour a week. And she said it creates a halo effect around the rest of the week. The give back work, the purpose work, it can be maybe volunteering in your kid's class. It can be mentoring someone. It can be anything as long as it's giving you purpose in your work. And for some people, their work itself is very purposeful. So they get that feeling from just showing up at their day job. But what was very interesting, Tia shared the number one predictor of human happiness. We all kind of leaned in when she said that, right? And it was 
connection with someone you care about. Now, that's not connection through social media. That is not sitting next to someone. That is not being in the presence of someone. I'm talking about true connection, honest, meaningful, deep, vulnerable conversations, like really connecting with someone, laughing with someone, just true connection. I feel like that is atrophied a little bit. So let's make sure that we're focused on getting that connection with someone that we love. Tia reminded us that emotions are contagious. If you walk around frustrated and pissed off, you will rub off on other people. We are all influencers. Be intentional about how you are impacting others. She also discussed that things that bring you pleasure, maybe a new car, a glass of wine, and a movie, those are ultimately pleasure, but they do not bring you sustained happiness. The Danes, however, have figured something out. They are super happy. And since travel is correlated with happiness, go to Denmark. Find out why they're so happy yourself. And for three ways to be happier today, so things that we can put into practice immediately, like right now when you turn off this episode, go walk outside, reflect on your day, list three things that you are grateful for and learn something new. Don't let the simplicity of this list lure you into thinking it's not transformational. Okay, so let's get real for a moment. Part of my job as the host of the Pivot Me podcast, part of my relationship with you is making you better, sharpening your skills, helping you in performance further, faster together. However, I have failed you if you are a high performer and miserable, always wanting more and never happy. So don't skip this piece. Do the happiness work and everyone around you will benefit from it too. And you're going to live longer because happy people live longer. And seeing as how you'll love your life even more, that's a big win. I'll see you outside. Thank you so much for dialing in today. And don't forget, make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you love what you hear, give us a five-star review. It means the world to us. Hit me up on Instagram at the April Garcia or check us out online at pivot-me.com. This is all made possible with the support of you listeners, the numerous contributors, and our clients. Our music and production is by the amazing Rockwood Audio. Join me next time for more tips on how to hack success. And until then, make it a great day. Thanks, guys. You guys are amazing.